Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Uh, as usual with me, I have an interesting panel of, of, of guests. Uh, I'll start with Dr. Grace Munira, the Bishop of Business. Grace, you're welcome. He's also the CEO of Vine Pharmaceuticals, Vine Pharmacy. Uh, and then uh, Olivia Ariho from Mimali, Africa. And uh, Kamara Ariho, Ariho Kamara from uh, The Nomad. Our friends, again, you're welcome. I've been sharing some powerful insights uh, over the past few weeks uh, regarding business. And last time we talked about uh, raising capital, raising money without debt, because it come through a series where we talked about debt and the issues that come along with it. Uh, and today we have uh, something else to share, very interesting. Uh, as I was sharing with the team here on what words to use, and they prefer to use positive language. So I told them, look, let's talk about business mistakes. I said, no, 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 don't use mistakes. Use the words like turning point, uh, lessons learned and things not to do. So I want us to share and I'm going to encourage you guys out there to just share your mistakes, your turning points, the things that you've learned in business, key decisions that you made that turned bad. And I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Gracia. I think he's, he's, he's the one who has the greatest experience in both business and mistakes or and errors <laughs> and turning points. Grace, over to you. Share with us some of those things and what we're going to learn from them. Because the key thing is to learn from these uh, lessons. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Chris. By the way, you call me doctor. I am not a doctor. I am I'm just... Yeah. Dispense medicine. Yeah. I'm just um, a normal person. But <laughs> there was a, a, a former British Prime Minister. It was called Benjamin Disraeli. Benjamin Disraeli said, uh, there are three kinds of lies. They are lies, they are dumb lies, and statistics. <laughs> now, when you want to hide something, put it in a statistic form. And statistics can skew anything and make you believe something is a given way, and yet it is not. So personally, when I see statistics, I really doubt my, 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 my head, certain wires begin to, to blink when I see a, st a statistic. Because I ask myself, what have you hidden behind this stat statistic? So, you know, we can tell a story. Do you want to show that HIV rates in Uganda are going down? We can create that story. Do you want to show that uh, they are going up? We can create that story. What is your market size? Whenever I see uh, someone telling me their market share is 10% or 30%. I just know there is a lie hidden. <laughs> hidden, 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 hidden behind there. You see, I could say um, market share of um, the chair market. Then I say, oh, by the way, uh, there are white chairs. Then I could say, um, so, so in this church there are a few, a couple, maybe 100, maybe 500 white chairs. But I could say, what's the market share of the chairs here? So I, the, 
I, I have 25% of the market share on the chairs on this stage that have a backrest, that have a cushion. <laughs> so I can tweak whatever I want to say in a statistic. Yeah, I'll come back uh, with other stories. So you're waiting, you want to give us statistics? No. <laughs> you're no. basically saying you're not following statistics? No. I, when I see numbers, no. when I see numbers, I just know within any organization, numbers can be fudged, okay. depending on what the leader wants. So when people, you know, when you're a leader, you're a very powerful person. Mm. So when people see you, they, you know, what, what do you want us to report? There are more customers coming in. That is what you want. We'll give you the figures. The numbers. And indeed, they'll submit the report. The thing is, I tell myself, when you get a report, find out how much of the truth is in that, that report. Not all of it is true. It's your role to find out which half is the lie or which quarter is the lie and which one is the truth. Okay. So, getting back to the, the direction. Yeah. Is it that you are keen now, uh, you, you take statistics with a pinch of salt, or basing on the mistakes you've made. What mistakes have you made based on statistics? I overestimated, um, I overestimated consumption okay. of, of people like, people lied that we were selling more than we were selling. Mm. And so you end up buying more. <laughs> Grace, just, I'm going to ask you to go deeper into that. What were you buying? <laughs> <laughs> we're buying Zento. Yeah, we're buying Zento. And so uh, the report that came to my desk was that we're selling uh, a number of doses per week. Well, that was an internal. Yes. Someone was reporting to you yes. something that was false. Yes. Mm. But then the thing is, structurally, we built up a system where people, you know, they say every organization is aligned to get the results that it is getting. So we built up a system where someone had to increase the numbers per week. So inevitably, someone says, you know what, how can I report that the last week we sold 100 or even less? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw in an extra 10 wow. <laughs> every week. Wow. Yeah. All right. So they gave you what you wanted to see. Correct. <laughs> oh, go. Uh, Mr. Kamara. <laughs> right. The first Kamara. The first Ariho. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I mean, just bringing it back, when you talk about um, errors or mistakes that people commit in business, I think, um, like uh, Grace was uh, saying, um, often the leader uh, can be misled to mislead. Okay? So in business, you find that um, most of the errors or most of the mistakes that a business makes are actually mistakes that the leader of the business has made. So the, 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 the leader is pivotal to the business. Yeah. So for example, like what you've just told us, that there was uh, you know, overestimation and statistics that were given to you, uh, and based on that information, you took a particular decision, yeah. um, which could have been fatal. Fortunately, you possibly nipped it in the bud. But talking about um, mistakes, and I think now, um, is where we need to again bring in the positive and say that when you win, when you don't win, you don't lose, but you learn. Mm. So mistakes for me, I see them as God's um, way of um, redirecting you. Mm. 
okay? For example, I don't think you still have that method, or even if, if, if you still have it, there must be a measure uh, for you to cap that uh, of wrong statistics coming to you. Um, so I, I think mistakes are not meant to be avoided. Uh, they are meant to, okay, well, you, can, you, you need to avoid them as much as possible, but they need to, when you make them, you need to stop, pause, and reflect and uh, find out what message there is in, in, in that mistake and what other decisions you need to take. Um, that draws me to a very interesting scripture in uh, John 21, 25, which talks about that there are other many things that Jesus did. And when they say that Jesus did, it means that Jesus took decisions. Okay? So that there are many other things that Jesus did. And actually the writer says that if we are to write them in the Bible, the world would not contain it. It would be too much. So I think as a leader, you're always making uh, um, decisions. And therein, like they say, amidst many words, there is folly somewhere. Therein, amidst many decisions, um, we were fortunate to, to see some of the of, uh, great business uh, systems that are working. Um, the Chaiwalas in, in, in India. And they still say that they have a one in 16 million failure, right? Yeah, but there's still that odd one, okay? In 16 million transactions, if you have one, it's still a bad decision or something that went wrong. So I think as a leader, um, the decision is up to you to make. You'll make lots of decisions. I think we shouldn't shy away from making decisions for the sake of avoiding mistakes. But I think the conversation today would be, uh, even as we make decisions, when there is a mistake, how do you bounce back from it? What do you learn from it? Yeah, thank you. Um, one of my turning points in business <laughs> was not taking it as an income stream. Yeah. Yes. Come, come again. Yeah. One of my turning points in mm. business mm. was not taking it as an income stream. Taking the turning point? No. Taking the business as, the an, business income as an income stream. Okay. That, that was a turning point for me. And Share a little it, bit more on that. It, it, comes, <laughs> it comes from the idea that when you look at business as an income stream, like we were earlier discussing, you're always looking to sell because it's an income stream. So you never think of the intrinsic value that you bring, that when, when Grace is, is operating vine, he's providing more than drugs is providing a peace of mind to a mother with a crying child in the car. So he sees beyond that. And so even when he's setting up another branch, he's not thinking about sales. He could be, but that's not the first thing. If he's thinking about how a mother is going to walk out of the car or even to park to access Vine. So for me, my turning point was knowing that this is not an income stream. God can provide for me in so many other ways besides this business. If he wants to, and he, he does, he does. He wants to take care of me and he has so many other ways to take care of me. So it's not an income stream for me. So that freed me from looking at it with, a, you know, a squeezing mindset, if, if I'm to use that word. But it also freed me from looking at finances with a depletion mindset. And it goes back to identity that I did not put myself in business. You know, you could, you could 
package it the way you want, but that grand idea could have gone to anyone else. <laughs> it could have gone to anyone else, but God chose you for that particular idea. And so for me, it started with looking at it from the angle of the one who provides his resources can never be depleted. They can never be depleted. So this is not an income stream for me. I'm not going to look at it. Now, does income come from it? Yes, it does. It does, but I'm not going to look at it that way. So I'm going to look at it as a mission ground. You know the famous scripture of occupy till I come. <laughs> yeah, we like to call it the marketplace, but it's a mission ground. So the marketplace is a mission ground for us Christians. So when we talk about the people, the process, and the profit. For us, it's a mission ground, and go, we go with that mindset. So that was my turning point. That it's not, you know, you have to remind yourself, no, this is not where you are, this is not where you are. Like, you, your family will not go hungry because you didn't make a profit. And that's not to say that we don't aim to make a profit. No, we make a profit, and we aim to make a profit. But it's to say that, Whatever happens, God provides for me in so many other ways. Even my employees, he provides for them in so many other ways. If he has chosen that this month they are going to get a salary through this company, they will. But, uh, yeah, so that was my first turning point, that it's not an income stream. Yeah. Great. Uh, and I know you've talked about all this high level, and we're going to yeah. go deeper into the meat of it all. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, the lie that we're normally told is the perfectionist thing. That you know what, as you do business, you shouldn't or you can't make mistakes. But also, that mistakes are there to learn from. And making a mistake is not, you, you don't, I've, I've, I've sat with someone who made a major mistake and they were about to let go, you know? So mistakes are there and then they can see people like you've done, who are doing business, they think, oh, it's all rosy, it's all nice, these guys have had it right from the day, from the beginning, and all that. So that's the first myth that we need to throw out there because many people are doing business, they're making mistakes and then they sometimes give, give up, yeah? Mm. So we had to encourage them, one, but I want us to talk about some of those things we've done to get out, like Grace, you talked of the, the you got data that was uh, fake that was wrong what was the genesis of that what did you learn from that and then what have you put in place to eradicate that mistake then what did you that the whole process I know it, we, might, we might not have all the time but just encourage someone out there to mm. first of all say mistakes are there and by this it's not the last mistake you're going to make there are many more coming <laughs> there are many more coming well you can put systems in place to gap to stop some of those mistakes but in that particular case what did you do how did you get out of it what did you practically learn? Because it didn't become a turning point until you turned. What did you do to get out of there and what was the detail of those mistakes? Thank you. You see, um, organizations, at least my organization, chases sales. We need to make money. Mm. <laughs> and we're not shy about the need to make money. So sometimes you see a straight path Say, you know what? If we can sell this, we'll make this. And if we can sell more of this, we'll actually make more money, which is logical. Mm. So th the thing is, what people, what we inadvertently do is to put undue pressure such that we are moving ahead of the natural growth curve. Mm. So we're saying, look, um, 
what numbers do you have? What numbers do you have? What numbers do you have? And you, you, you know, you force people to, 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 to forge the numbers. For instance, you know, someone will say, you know what, there's a customer who has said, uh, we need 100 pieces, they'll pick them on Wednesday. And that customer doesn't exist. And we know the, 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 these. And so, because you're under pressure, you book the sale that hasn't yet even happened. Mm. Okay? There, there's even what is called, um, you bank the sale. So you get an order today, and you know that next week you have no, no order. So you keep the order for, for, to rescue you um, next week. Yeah, because next week you're not sure what numbers you'll come up with. So the first thing we have established uh, something in Vine, we, 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 we got it from some guy. But, you know, all progress begins with telling the truth. Okay? <laughs> so, oh, and indeed, when you look at it, all progress indeed begins with telling the truth. So exactly what is the truth? What is the truth? And beneath that, we will discover what the truth is. The other thing we have found out is that correlation is not causation. Just because these two numbers rhyme and go in the same direction doesn't mean that this caused the other. Okay, I'll give you an example. So just because uh, Chris and uh, Ariho drive BMWs, right? That is also true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you'll find that many rich people have a BMW, right? Yes. But driving a BMW doesn't make, make you rich. So when we confuse those two, we'll have a problem because we'll then want to drive a BMW to be rich. But the people who are rich drive the BMW out of option, out of the luxuries wow. that... that the BMW offers. So you find that correlation is not necessarily causation. But I'll give you a small story or, uh, as a sidebar on emotional intelligence. So one day, you know, we are strict on time. So there is this girl who used to come late. And I went to the branch, I asked, where is Barbara? The chronic latecomer. So they said, uh, Barbara hasn't yet come. So then I blurted out and said, today, is her last day. I am tired and done with her. So, <laughs> I said more words than I can say on this forum. <laughs> then, um, about 15 minutes later, Barbara. Barbara comes in with a bandage on her leg. Wow. She'd had a, a border accident. So now, here I was, um, in, a, in a bind. Should I execute my word? <laughs> Irrespective of the reality I'm seeing, what did I learn? Even when you see a situation, okay, and you are about to say something, just hold fire. Just hold fire. You know, don't promise to kill a person the moment you see them. Just hold your fire. Yeah. So don't get overly excited and say, you know what, today I'm going to double your salaries. <laughs> then, you know, tomorrow when payday comes, you're like, <laughs> So, you, you, you learn to be stable. Mm. Don't get overly excited, but don't be overly depressed when things don't turn out well. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> so, what I hear is inculcate the value of truth. Yes. Truth, truth, truth. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think for, for purposes of people out there who are listening, it is only fair that uh, maybe we, we turn the discussion to some of you know, the basic mistakes because here we are, we have a, ton of exp a number of years under our belt. So we've seen some, some of these things happen. But for me, sharing my, uh, a bit of my experience uh, over the last couple of years in business, what I can say using the eyes that I have now and looking back is one of the greatest mistakes um, business leaders or entrepreneurs make is one of ignoring themselves as the leader again. So the whole thing of not taking expert advice, you are at the helm, you are at the peak, you think you know everything, but actually you don't. Um, the whole thing of staying foolish is actually true, that when you stay hungry, stay foolish, keep asking questions, um, put yourself in places that actually show you that you don't, you don't know. You know, when, when the business begins to turn around some figures, sometimes you, you, you feel some wind under your wings. You feel like you can run the country. But, but, but uh, that, that's not true. That's not true. When you sit with certain people, they begin to, to, to challenge that thinking. I think the mistake that many business uh, leaders and entrepreneurs make is to isolate themselves. In that place of isolation, you think you're making the right call, yet you are not. So take expert advice in that. I, 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 I wish uh, if you could go back in time, you'd say, okay, uh, like you said, this is the reality. Can I take expert advice and find out how I can do that? Two, it is ignoring that place of coaching, finding someone to hold your hand along the way of business. You know, um, this week uh, I was listening to a message by, uh, by Bishop Doug and he, he shared something interesting. He said, you know, even when you know where the source of power is, you need to humble yourself to the socket. You need to humble yourself to the socket, even when you know where the source of power is. So many business leaders know, yeah, it's God who provides for me, it's me who started this idea, I have this thing, this is where I want to go, but you need to humble yourself to the socket and find someone uh, who is uh, ahead of you who can now point you to the pitfalls and walk with you along the way. Um, also, I think uh, avoiding um, competition is very key for business people because if you make decisions based on what someone else is doing, then you're not making rational decisions. I think in the kingdom generally, you should not be aiming to be better than you should be aiming to be better, okay? Because if you want to be better than someone, you can go to, uh, if you are to use school examples, you can go to a school deep in rural Uganda and you'll be better than everyone. But when they put you in another league, you'll then discover that you're bottom of the class. And so it's really working on how can you better yourself. So I think in all this, I mean, when we talk about businesses, we talk about uh, enterprises, I think the person we are addressing is the leader. For me, this was a turning point, I, I think sometime um, last year. Um, Apostle Mose was, I don't know which forum he was, and he said, you could actually be the curse to everyone who has ever uh, chosen to work for you. You can be the lead on anything they could ever become. Yeah, 
as a leader, as a business leader, you can be that cast that everyone who comes and into your enterprise, into whatever it is that you're running, has suddenly settled for a life that uh, they, they, they never know what the options in their life could be. So with that in mind, and this is something that you know, we try to do uh, every week is to make sure that there is no one who is being capped. Everyone's lead is open, everyone is learning, everyone is sharing, everyone is being challenged. And, and I think uh, as a leader you need to have that consciousness that the moment, you know, you could be in it alone and you're running it whichever way, but one of the mistakes any leader can do is to pocket the people they work with. Yeah. So how do you uh, call out greatness from the people that you're working with? How do you remove the lead? But I, as you said that everything begins with being true to yourself, knowing where your shortcomings are, knowing you know, what changes need to make in order for that progress to happen. So I think really largely mistakes that we have made and mistakes that are, are, are places of learning. They are places of, of learning. So anyone out there who is starting a business, anyone who is intending or running the business, Therein, in those mistakes, lies your um, learning moment um, to better you and to show you what the possibilities can be. Yeah, thank you. All right, uh, I'm going to come back to you because I want to hear the stories. You know, stories bring out the, 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 the point better. You've not told us exactly this was what happened and this is what I did. But I'm coming back, think about the story. Olivia. <laughs> you about the stories. Story. <laughs> anyway, um, in my line of business, we provide finance. Life happens, to put it plainly, life happens that sometimes all the best laid plans of someone who has come to get money don't come to pass. And they are not able to pay back or they take longer than they should. And I think my worst mistake was you know, in credit, they usually say that you take everyone as a potential bad debt the first time. And while that is true, <laughs> it is also bad. Because sometimes you lose out on potential good business. You understand? You lose out on potential good business because you've, beaten, you've been beaten the first time. You're looking at everyone with these eyes of, <laughs> this is too good to be true. Everything you ask, they have. Everything you ask, bring this. You know, you're trying to make it hard, but they still have everything. And so my worst mistake for me in, in giving credit was having the idea that everyone is a potential bad debt. That, that was planning from a failure side, like you plan you look at everyone, so you, you even sit there with money because of, <laughs> what does she want? She has everything. No, 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 there must be something she's hiding. You understand, eh? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and for a long time, not a long time, but I've been learning. Because then you ask yourself, when do you make the right decision? You know, if someone has ticked everything in your system, eh? They have everything. So when do you say that, mm, this one we should give? If someone says that you, you visit very many books, but you live in the Bible, I think as a business leader, yeah. I, I, 
one of the things that has propelled my spiritual growth is being a, a business leader. That I have I've fallen in love with the Bible. That it's it's like <laughs> you could quote a book and it's good, but for me, I'm like, what's the spiritual context of what that book is saying? What's the spiritual context of what it is saying? What, what, what would Jesus want me to do? And so I go back to the Bible. And Proverbs a day is perfect. You know, when you're dealing with people, a soft answer turns away wrath. You know, you, go, you call someone for 30 minutes, they are not picking up. You're like, would you be in the bathroom for that long? And now because you're in the bar, you know, all, all the things, and, and you, when she picks up finally, you just want, like Grace was saying, you just want to use, and then you remember, a soft answer turns away wrath. So for me, my thing has been, the Bible is my anchor. The Bible is my anchor. I, I mean, if I'm a steward, clearly, if, if the owner of the business says that this is where you should be, yeah, so as a business leader, a Christian business leader, that is. Make the Bible your friend. Even hiring solutions are in there. Today I was reading about cast out the, the scorner, you know? Because they, they cause strife. When you notice that an employee is the same person who is always, you know, complaining. Identify them fire and... Fire quickly. Fire quickly before they... Fire slowly, yeah. fire quickly. So, <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah. The problems where you cannot find something in your carnality, in your carnal mind, sorry, to say that, eh, this one is solved by this. It has taught me to go back to the Bible and consequently for everything. Yeah, for everything. Well, thanks, Olivia. I like that you're giving us now to the solution. Which, and I think as business people, you know that the Bible has solutions for all things. And we'll get a little bit more to that. Mr. Kamara, tell us your story. Okay, straight to, to, to Dr. Grace. Okay. <laughs> Again. I'll tell you two stories. Um, now, I'm going to give you my, 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 my version, my, you, my experience. You have many stories. Yeah. So, one day, uh, a newspaper wrote a story about us, which was false. Now, you may want to believe that there are good people in this world. But um, the thing that you have to believe also that there are evil people in this world. So sales dropped by more than half in one day. In one day. Yep. So we sued. We sued. We went for them. And, uh, you know, they lawyered up. We lawyered up. Both sides uh, called their best lawyers. And so we were asking for 50 million. And um, they gave us an offer of 2.5. <laughs> so I was in a bind. And I said, look, our sales have halved. I'm hardly making payroll. What do we do? And this story is circulating around. And it's false. So um, they, they, they offered us 2.5. So I asked an elder gentleman, I asked him, dude, what do I do? Do I go for their neck or I take this 2.5? I'll never forget what he told me. He said, Grace, take the 2.5, close the chapter, move on. Mm -hmm. wow. 
He said, you'll, you'll drag your feet in the, the, the court and it will be very expensive for you. And even this 50, you may never get it. The file will get lost, the judge will be changed and all that kind of thing. So I learned that lawyering is not the best way to solve a problem. If you can solve a problem by talking about it and discussing and maybe calling in a third party, it would be a better thing. The second, but, but you know, uh, Henry Cloud has this talk on, on YouTube. He says there is the, the wise person, the fool, and the evil. We must know that there are evil people out there. Denying their existence doesn't make them go away. Yeah. The second story, <laughs> the second story is to do with the banks. My favorite people. Yes. Yeah. So the bank uh, will allocate you, normally when you're getting big money from the bank, they'll call in a very beautiful lady and say, uh-huh, this is your relationship manager. And she'll manage this relationship. <laughs> what they don't tell you is that there's a relationship between the bank and her, and her and you. And what they're telling you is that this person we are paying will manage the relationship between the bank and her. This babe is not there for you. I repeat, this babe is not there for you. She's there to manage and see how much more the bank can get from you. Now, many times we, because it's baptized relationship manager, we think it's actually for us. But look who pays the piper. Okay. He who pays the piper calls the tune. So she's going to dance according to the needs of the bank. So when she tells you, you know what? You say, I need a billion shillings. Don't tell you, you know, what we can do. Let's structure it this way. But she's not a director, neither does she know the, the inside of your operations. So even the structure itself, whether you should take an overdraft or a term loan or some um, import financing, whatever it is, she will give you the structure based on how she can benefit in the bank. So, true story. I paid interest on a loan, okay? And I paid interest only for eight years. So when I told the relationship manager, look, can't we um, term this loan out? And then it keeps reducing. Say, no, 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 Grace, that is not a good idea. <laughs> because you see, <laughs> you see, if we, if we term it out, it, it will be more like a restructure. So then when we say it's a restructure, then everyone in the bank will think you're struggling. So I said, okay, dude, I think you have my back. So let's go on. Eight years later, until one day I just said, you know what? If I die, I die. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to restructure this thing. Yeah. And indeed, after restructuring it, at least now it started to reduce. The importance of what you've said already. You must have people you can bounce off an idea. Know who's, 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 which side of their bread is buttered. It is not your side. It is not in your best interest. They are managing the relationship. The relationship is the other relationship, not your relationship. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just to lean into um, uh, what Chris was asking, um, and I feel that we don't have much time. Um, 
you've said something very uh, important and, and that goes to people who have uh, a good relationship, maybe who have bank relationships when it comes to business. I know that most people uh, are being funded by the other Fs, family and friends, <laughs> and the other ones. Uh, but when it comes to mistakes in business, I think we should treat them as the tuition fees for success. Yeah? Yep. So the size of your problem or the size of the mistake you made, actually, I was listening to, um, uh, what's his, I forget his name, he's, he's one of the podcasts uh, on, on, again on the entry leadership, and he was saying that for them they are happy when a team member makes a genuine mistake, because then it means that they were trying to make progress, as opposed to passively falling into a mistake, that is a no-no. So I think even as we talk about mistakes in business, we are saying at least there was an attempt to do something, and it didn't work out can you learn from it and bounce back, okay? So if we, if we even as we share mistakes, it's not to say, uh, have uh, your tenterhooks up that you barely make any motion forward, mm. but it is to say, have faith and take a chance. If it doesn't work, then you can come back. Uh, Craig Rochelle, the, the senior pastor of um, Live Church, um, I was listening to him again, um, and, and he's, he talked about the mistake or the failure that they had with the web application they were trying to build. So your much-loved you version Bible was a failure. So it was a website that was being built. They were trying to see how to introduce the Bible with video and uh, all this content and podcasts and all that. And it failed. It just didn't launch. And then they get to wind that Apple is launching an app store and they're like, you know what, why don't we reorganize this failure and put it together and see what we can do? And they were the first to the market. And now we have, uh, the, on the first week, I think they had about 800,000 downloads on the first day of launching the YouVersion Bible. And now it's a global phenomenon, you know? But it's saying that mistakes are part and parcel of success. They should not be seen as apart from success, but mistakes or errors are part and parcel of success. They are the tuition fees uh, of, 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 of success. So use them to pivot and pivot right. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, friends, I know we are running out of time, or we are practically out of time, uh, and I know we've not exhausted this conversation. Yeah, I've not talked a lot about the practical things, but also the mistakes we've talked about are just a few. But we know that there are lots and lots of mistakes people make in business. Mistakes that can close uh, businesses. Mistakes that can get people into unemployment, like Mr. Riho was saying here. And there's all this knowledge and experience from people all over the world who can save us from these things. Huh? People like you and many others. And our encouragement really today, I know we're talking about business mistakes, but also it could be a personal mistake yeah. because even business mistakes come from a personal decision made by someone, yeah? yeah? And this could be in business but also out of business. Yeah. And we just want to encourage someone out there, look, uh, the world is full of errors, yeah? The devil is here to stay. The Bible says the devil will always be with us. And the fact that we have an opportunity uh, with Christ, with God, can save us from all these things, but also liberate us where we've gone wrong. The Bible talks a lot about God being there as our strength, God giving us wisdom, uh, and He assures us of His help. 
Yeah, Yeshua has asked for this help. And also, it's key not to condemn yourself when you make a mistake. Yeah? So, just to encourage business people out there that, look, the world is not going to end now. Just take heart, rise up, talk to someone, uh, confess your sins to someone. James talks about confessing your sins to someone. Get someone to talk to. I like what Mr. Arivo said. Don't be a lone walker. Because you can't go alone. Guys have done mistakes. I, I, one, of my, uh, one of my mentors, who I chose to be a mentor, I chose him because of the mistakes they've done. So I find, and when I talk to him, I get a lot of wisdom. Yeah? So talk to someone. I find that was one of the things uh, to take out. Get someone to talk to about your mistakes. And they will guide you. God is there to give you light and wisdom. Yeah? Uh, just take heart and make the next step. Don't give up. Now, this same situation, like I said, could be for someone who's made personal mistakes. It could be in your marriage. It could be in your relationship with your parents or siblings, whatever the case is. God is here to help you, to walk you out of those challenges. Uh, he promises us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So he's there to help us, to give us light. He's always there for us. And this starts with community. Now, and the first way to do that is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That he promises you to be there for you. He promises you community in a, ch in a church and many other things. And the step I want you to take, uh, whoever you are out there, uh, if you've not given your life to Christ, uh, you're swimming in lots of problems. I mean, we all have problems, uh, but there are solutions. There are solutions. There's nothing new under the sun. And Christ gives you that opportunity. So if you're out there and you've not given your life to Christ and you want to start a relationship with him, a relationship that will guarantee you a future, Relationship to guarantee you sonship. Uh, I want you to pray these words with me if you want to give your life to Christ. Say, thank you, Lord, uh, for the opportunity you've given me this day to accept you as my Lord and Savior, to surrender my life to you, surrender my business to you, surrender my everything to you, that you're going to do something significant with it, that you're going to lead me from now on. I thank you for this opportunity, and I want to declare you as my Lord and Savior. And if you say that prayer, I want you to call the number on the screen, uh, 0775-642-449, 0775-642-449. There's someone at the end of that line. They're going to guide you on what to do next. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're here to change the world one day at a time, one business at a time, and we are going to do it. So thank you for joining us. Always tune in uh, for Business Garage every Sunday at 7.30. Uh, don't forget that there is Transform. We have Transform. Uh, Transform is a leaders gathering, and there's also business sections in Transform. It's on the 4th of September. There's an online link uh, for registration on worshipharvest.org. Go there, register for Transform. It's on 4th September. It will be online. So register, be part of the story, and you're going to hear lots more of this about business, about leadership, and many other things. So thank you for joining us. Have a blessed Sunday. May God bless you. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.